0: Hello everybody and welcome to the latest episode of The Pony Express. As always, I'm your host Mike Levito, the editor-in-chief of the postrider.com, and I'm joined by Lars Emerson. What's up, Mike? It's good to be and-
1: invited to a podcast which we all own. <laughs>
0: and lewis ryan (laughs) it's a pleasure to be here (laughs) and we're off to a rollicking start (laughs) today uh, we're going to be talking about two pieces of media that we saw (laughs) anyway we'll be we'll be discussing shang chi and the legend of the ten rings as well as the hbo max original series hacks so yeah i think we're just going to kind of dive into it we'll start with shang chi and the legend of the ten rings which is, of course, the latest installment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and the first in a while to introduce a new title character. Of course, Black Widow came out a few months ago. That wasn't introducing a new character, it was just a prequel featuring an old one. Uh, This movie is directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, written by Dave Callahan, Destin Daniel Cretton, and Andrew Lanham, with a story by Dave Callahan and Destin Daniel Cretton. And it stars Simu Liu as Shang-Chi, as well as Meng Zhang, Fala Chen, Florian Mutineau, Benedict Wong, Michelle Yeoh, Ben Kingsley, Tony Leung, Aquafina as well. Uh, so this movie, for those of you who don't know, is about um, a fellow named Shang-Chi, who is the son of a leader of this mysterious organization called the Ten Rings, which is kind of this paramilitary organization um, that uh, sort of has this secretive influence throughout the world and um is trying to consolidate his power he's kind of run away from his father and his father is trying to um believes that he'll be able to bring back their dead mother it's a little bit of a spoiler alert and um plans to do so by capturing uh his uh two children to help him do so all right lewis you seemed like you wanted to say something
2: yeah you just have such an interesting interpretation of the film <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm really surprised <laughs>
2: So stupid. Okay. <laughs> I'm just because you're just saying facts about the movie. Um
1: hey, he's who wrote that's how you, it. That's how, and that's how you introduce something.
0: That's have you not listened to any of other podcasts where where I talk about movies? I always do that.
2: <laughs> we should do a new podcast that just introductions with Mike Levito. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yo, a, a podcast where I just kids to read out names. Honestly, best podcast ever. I, um, yeah, no, that I, I, I would legitimately enjoy that. <laughs> Mike's re- Mike's really good with names. I have decided that that's like that like part of the reasons why I like politics and sports is the names. I just like seeing a list of names in any context.
1: Yeah, to talk fully about <laughs> Shang Chi, it's like what I like about politics and sports is it's all about either names or numbers and i'm really good at the numbers part so mike and i can kind of balance and that's why shang chi is like a great movie (laughs) yeah so i thought this movie was fun what did you guys think i i
2: enjoyed this more than i thought i would when i went to see it um but i had really low expectations going in to give more context
0: yeah i i also had fun i enjoyed that at least at the beginning it felt like it wasn't too dependent on the rest of the MCU. You know, I I enjoyed that it felt like a self contained story that wasn't contained with like the wider cosmic picture. Obviously that falls apart as the movie progresses. Yes. Um and all these other characters uh get roped into it. But I enjoyed that, you know, I think from like an action I think it's the most I'm not, obviously this is not on the same level as like an actual um, you know like Hong Kong action film but I did think that you know the fight choreography was like a lot of fun like that whole bus scene I thought was a blast. Same thing with the stuff in like the scaffolding scene I guess that's in Macau I'm with the sister I thought it was all really well choreographed. You know I think the action uh, it, obviously I think my one of my biggest problems is that it then reverts to kind of like the MCU formula we have to have this big CGI blowout. Of those two giant dragons at the end, um, but yeah, it, it it was fun. What what did we think of? Um, let's talk about the cast a little bit. Um, what did we think of of Simuliu as, as a leading man? This is the, I think the first thing I'd ever seen him in. Do we do we have thoughts on him? I I felt like he was just kind of like a a, a handsome placeholder. I don't know that he necessarily he didn't. I don't think he took a, a, away anything from this film, but I also don't know that he necessarily like a font of charisma i think he is perfectly serviceable (laughs)
1: um i you know I
0: i thought he was pretty good he
1: was probably the character i was the least kind of interested in whenever he was on screen is i actually feel like all the other characters were a bit more vibrant and had more going on but he was like i you know i feel like i empathized with him more than i empathized with anyone else which is i guess a good start
2: yeah um That was sort of my biggest concern going in, because I've actually read some of the Shang-Chi comics from the 70s, and I was honestly expecting it to be like a completely different character, but I really enjoyed the way he played it. And it's like, it's not like, they're very different characters, but I felt like the very core, like the essence of the character was like there in the way it was written and the way he played it.
0: That's uh, interesting to hear because I, yeah, this was probably, of all the Marvel properties that have been turned into films, this is probably the one that I have the least familiarity with as a comic book, right? Mm. I think the most Shang-Chi content I've read was when he was, like, featured in Ultimate Spider-Man, and even then, you know, that's not 616 Shang-Chi. And I know it plays pretty fast and loose with his continuity. As someone who was more familiar with this stuff, how did you feel about that, Louis? Well,
2: uh, obviously I would have preferred if it was more, like, the original source material um, i this this was very different cuz that's more like you know more like an old bruce lee film mixed with like james bond style globe trotting and like villains with plans of world domination this was very more like let's just take Ch- shang chi and put him in sort of like a sort of chinese more easterny sort of story more You know somewhat magical you know with dragons and magical kung fu so um i don't want to talk too much about that because i just want to concentrate on the film on its own merits and i've sort of had to get over like expecting this to be different than the comics so that that's what i would say on that subject of how does it compare to the original comics
0: fair enough um so, yeah, talking about the cast a little bit more, uh, Tony Leung was in this movie. He's a very, very, very big deal in Hong Kong. I believe this is actually his first ever Hollywood film. He plays uh, the villain, uh, who is the leader, is uh, Zhu Wenwu, that's his name. He's the leader of the Ten Rings. He's the father of Shang-Chi. How did we feel about both him and his character? What, um, well, I guess I'll, I'll let you guys chime in, then I'll say what I think. Dilf like oh, super dill,
1: i he is so <laughs> handsome like it's like ridiculous yeah I, I was very i was very into him um so about the deal. like I, in my theater is like so he came on screen one time and someone in the back was like woo <laughs> i was like and then i read all the letterboxd reviews that are like nine out of ten just about how sexy he is and i was like oh okay this is like a thing um i thought i thought he did a good job you know he was, he was like fun like in a in a sexy kind of way but also is like a bad daddy that's my okay. deep
2: take. <laughs> uh i sort of have an opposite opinion because <laughs>
1: he's ugly
2: he's supposed to be like the villain of this movie but like the film makes great pains to like not really show him doing anything all that villainous and as a result i really didn't feel like he was like a very strong antagonist he was certainly a character and i feel like that has something to do with tony lung being cast in it and obviously his importance to you know eastern cinema wanting to score good at the box office that he, they didn't want him to play like a villain and not to go back too much because we just wrapped this up but in the original comics the whole point is that cheng chi is rebelling against his father who is you know incredibly evil super villain and uh you know, it, it just didn't come across like that. He was that much of a, a villain. The the film didn't really take great pains to paint him in that much of a villainous light.
1: But I thought that worked, right? Is is the Marvel Cinematic Universe has kind of hit this point where it's no longer about good versus evil? As we've we've you know, ever since uh, Age of Ultron and Civil War, it's been like this this gray area. And yeah, Thanos was like bad, but they they made points to be like, well, this is why he is how he is. And I kind of like that they're now introducing this character that has. Uh, motivations, and there is like this gray area. Is you, you do kind of see where the bad guy in this movie is coming from, and, and you understand why he's been misled and why he's uh, doing what he's doing.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I, the, I think I, I'd push back a little bit on like the idea that he wasn't, they never showed him being villainous. I mean, he, 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 ha, he has a ring of assassins that he's in charge of, and also <laughs> turns his like 14 year old son into an assassin. And makes him go kill somebody so but but they do kind of cop out a little bit where it's like his motivations for doing what he's doing that he thinks he's going to save his wife he's actually just tricked by a larger evil force to do it um, but I, I found the, the conflict kind of being this sort of like father-son conflict um, a little more poignant than a lot of the Marvel uh, conflicts which have just been kind of more like we have to stop this giant intergalactic force from doing whatever it's going to do well and other than the
1: ones that are also about father-son conflicts
0: i guess but i don't know like how like guardians of the galaxy 2 uh, i mean arguably the trilogy are all kind
1: of yeah, about but, family uh, conflicts and father-son really conflicts. just
0: the first one though i i guess the second, the second I, I one know. is i don't know it worked better for me in this one for whatever reason
1: yeah i i agree it's, it's it feels more i i like that marvel kind of took it back down to earth initially and it's why i probably liked the first two-thirds of this movie Better too, like you said, Mike. Is it kind of just becomes a CGI slugfest or dragon fest at the end? Um, but like the, the fight sequences in like the first two acts of this movie are so good. like they might be my favorite in any Marvel movie.
2: Yeah, that was a concern of mine. Is like, um, you know, you want the action scenes to be really good because obviously Shang Chi is like the master of kung fu, so you want to see that in the, a movie. And I really felt like they delivered in the bus scene at the towards the. Beginning in the first act, and then the later scene on the scaffolding of the building, I thought those were really
0: well done um, kung fu scenes. Yeah, so did I. Um, all right, how did we feel about sort of some of these other uh, surrounding characters? Like, how did we feel about like Aquafina as, as as the as the comic relief? How, what are our feelings on Aquafina? Are we pro? Are we anti? Are we neutral? I
1: I think I'm gonna be the odd one out here and be kind of generally pro.
2: I, no, I, I, I'm i
1: pro-Aquafina, too. People on the internet seem to be pretty, like, not happy with her in this movie. But I actually, like, I'm trying to think about what the... I, I've been thinking about, like, what this movie would be like without her character. And it actually seems, like, a lot more stupid. <laughs> it's like, you actually kind of need someone who's, like, completely out of the loop for any of this to, like, attach to it as an audience. And I, I think she's actually, like, a good outlet there. It's like, yeah, some of her jokes fall flat, but that's... Any Marvel movie. Like, there's a joke every. As Lewis Ryan <laughs> says, it's like you put a joke in every 30 seconds in a Marvel movie, uh, which is a exaggeration, but some of them are going to fall flat.
2: Um, yeah, well, I, I guess, like, I, I'm pro Aquafina, but I feel like it's like. I'm not, like, pro, like, I'm online defending her to people. But I was surprised that there was, like, a backlash. Yeah. And it really goes to show you. Um, how these things crop up because i didn't hear a peep out of anyone when she was in uh the farewell but now that she's in a marvel movie all of a sudden it's like oh i gotta get angry because i guess marvel fans maybe on the, there's a chance they I, don't watch cinema well i don't know <laughs> i only watch I ex- these movies I expected
1: to get on like letterbox and stuff and see people being like oh my god aquafina is the best part of this movie because that's just what i kind of expect of people and aquafina and you know that you know, characters kind of like hers,
0: um, but it was, you know, kind of the opposite, right? Yeah, I, I think um, it's a combination of a, i I'll say I think she was fine in this movie. I think, you know, she plays, like, this important role in that she is the person who needs things explained to her, and we wouldn't really know what was right. going on to some extent. And also, I just think the idea of, like, that Shang-Chi doesn't want to be Shang-Chi, he just kind of wants to be a dude who's just, like, hanging out in San Francisco with his friend is also kind of, like, another refreshing perspective, right? This idea of like um the superhero who doesn't want to be the superhero um is you know a thing that pops up in, in superhero fiction but I feel like it's maybe unexplored in in these movies. Um but uh I mean I, I think part of it is just maybe for some people her shtick is growing thin. And there's also this whole controversy about, you know, does she put on a black scent when she's playing certain roles and all of that. Um, I think just sort of the, the, you know, she is just, she, I think her star is just kind of, was kind of at the point where, where it's like people were going to begin resenting her hmm. and they latched on to a good reason, or they, they, did, they tried to find a good reason to do so. And, um, yeah.
2: Is anyone saying the same thing about Ben Kingsley? who's also <laughs> in this movie because he won an
0: Oscar for playing an Indian man. That's true. Um. That, that That's certainly true. Yeah,
1: can we talk about that?
0: Not the Oscar thing. Can we
1: talk about Batman? Gandhi? This a long time ago. Can we talk about uh, their Iron Man 3 retconning and why it's really annoying and they need to stop?
0: Okay, I, I'm, well, I'm going to talk about it. Well, they no. retcon anything. They... No, I, it's, oh, I guess... it's
1: more that they're... I mean, they kind of do. They, they, like, really go to lengths to be like, but that wasn't the real Mandarin. Someone was just, like, stealing from us and being tricky. And I was behind all of it and all that, and they—they're like really going out of their way to make like Iron Man three an important movie, and it's not. It's just a bad movie, and people need to move on and let it go. That's the I, of, like, Ben Kingsley does not need to be in this movie, and it. it I, I I kind of lost uh, interest. Once I he, I
2: liked yes. him in the movie. I was just it got to a certain point when it's like they they make his like this is the thing that annoys me about like modern media they make his character like so stupid yeah like towards the end where he's like saying things it's like how are you a functioning person in society how do you dress yourself but um it is sort of like lars is talking about what i was talking about earlier with um tony tony lung um because mm-hmm. it's like it is sort of retconning iron man one with the ten rings it's like it's doing a lot of like this is the guy that was behind that in Iron Man 1. And it's like, you're not showing us. You're just telling us. It's right. like that this guy is bad and this is, he's bad news. It's like, I'm not buying it 100%. Right. And then it's like doing all this stuff with Iron Man 3 to do that too. So it's just it was just a bunch of like, I'm, you're, you're telling me and not showing me that this guy's a bad
1: guy. And, and it's just, uh, we, having like a standalone Marvel film... You know, for the first time in a while, you know, like you said, if we're not going to count uh, Black Widow, like it's it's this is like a pretty big deal. They're introducing a brand new character, and then they feel the need to throw in freaking Trevor from Iron Man Three as like a plot device in the last act when it's it's not about him and it's not supposed to be about him. I want to fall in love with this new superhero. I don't want to like deal with Trevor. <laughs> Fucking Trevor, man. Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I, I like him.
2: I like the way he was used for the for the most part in this movie.
0: I thought he was fine. I mean, I I think it'd be kind of weird if they didn't address the Mandarin thing. Um, But but it's not to say say they had to do what they did, but, yeah.
2: I was just going to say, going back to, like, what I was saying earlier, because it's like, like, you you said it, Mike. It's like he, Tony Lung's supposed to be the Mandarin, and he's also supposed to be be combined with, uh, you know, Fu Manchu from the Mm Shang-Chi comics. So it's like taking... Whatever else you can say, they're two interesting characters that have you know been a part of you know pop culture for a long time and if they basically combined the two and then made it this other character who's not really like them at all and it's not as interesting so it's kind of disappointing that it's like he's the it's like they make a big deal about the whole Mandarin thing, but he's not really like the Mandarin at any point during the
1: movie it's like when they have to go back and explain like plot points from iron man 3 that's a red flag Hmm. i'm just well it should be a show not tell yeah it's like you're introducing a new character don't tell us about an old character that we don't care about and honestly yeah it was was a very
2: very weak introduction by just having them sit at a table and talk about it it's like attack of the clones am i right (laughs) (laughs) you're right
0: yeah all right. Um so yeah, Shang-Chi, what um so I, I'm I'm kind of how how do we think so if we were to divide the MCU into thirds, right? You have your 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 top tier, your mid tier, and your your lower tier. Um wh- wh- which which one do you think this movie would fit into? Mid tier.
2: Well, I'm I'm going to just take top tier and just eliminate <laughs> top tier and just <laughs> There's mid-tier and there's lower-tier. So I'd say there is... I would say it's... I, I, I would say it's mid-tier. In
1: like the, my the opinion. Bu- the bus scene, like, brings it up a star for me. I really liked the first, like, third of this movie. The action sequence on the bus was, like, awesome.
0: Yeah, I I, I would also have... I would have it, like, in <laughs> the upper-tier of the mid-tier. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. Um, I have yeah, a question. I, <laughs> i'm sorry mike you can go ahead with your no 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 please ask your question
2: so you know neither of you were aware that much of shang chi so did, did this movie like make you more interested in him would you be interested in you know reading you know the outside source material how do you
0: how do you feel about shang chi now if anything? I, I i guess i am I, I i was doing some like research after i saw the movie um you know, I I would certainly be open to reading some Shang-Chi just cuz it's something I'm not super familiar with. Um, but yeah, I am also just kind of interesting how you take this character. It's so it's so it's so funny, right? It's like think of like Shang-Chi and like Luke Cage and it's like Shang-Chi clearly just supposed to be Marvel's version of Bruce Lee and then Luke Cage clearly just supposed to be their version of like Shaft or any other black exploitation movie. And yet these characters which were, you know, two I feel like very, you know, sort of like phenomena's, you know, relegated to kind of their era and yet they've sort of, because of just the way that the Marvel Universe works and the continuity works, they've um, lived on to the present day. So I'm just kind of interested to see you know, what you do with a character who has these kind of relatively archaic origins how, how, how you modernize them. So I, I would be interested in both reading obviously the stuff where, like the older stuff, and then also maybe sort of like these more modern attempts to, to, to bring them around nowadays
1: yeah i i was kind of in the same boat as you mike is like after i saw the movie i just started googling stuff to learn more um and found it very interesting i don't know that i'd go out and buy like a comic book about him but i don't think i have ever done that for a marvel movie
0: okay well uh that is our sort of discussion about shang chi and legend of the ten rings anything anything to add about this movie before we leave any any ground we did not cover well what, we didn't so really talk about a-
1: the rings so at the end of the movie they say the rings are signaling to something it's like dr strange and wong they're like these mm. rings what are they there are even these magical mystery men are all confused and they're like pinging something in the ether what what is that what's going on
2: it's galactus no it's not
1: galactus. <laughs> um I thought, Actually, I thought about it. I
2: don't know. <laughs> Actually, there was a fun fact, fun Marvel fact that I didn't know until after I had seen the movies. That apparently the Ten Rings are creations of like an alien race, and that alien race is like what Fin Fang Foom is. Mm. So, and I know Mike and I were speculating about Fin Fang Foom being in this movie because it's like it's a dragon. So I don't know if Fin Fang Foom going to show up because that would be interesting. But at the same time, it's like is that big enough to like build up to I don't know
0: <laughs> I I just assumed it was like a multiverse thing like hmm. that they're just gonna like uh explode of all these multiverses and, it, and it's and it's something like that like it could be calling to you know Kang the ten uh,
1: rings in another universe
0: yeah calling
2: like to that. Superman
1: <laughs> yeah I, I kind of forgot about the whole multiverse thing while watching this actually so that yeah that could be but my my first thought was like was it galactus like who or Kang, or was it Kang, or something like that i don't know
0: i don't know maybe it's the mole man <laughs> <laughs> maybe you you there was there was something else you wanted to bring up lewis it seemed oh uh yeah
2: we didn't talk at all about the like third act really
1: eh.
2: okay let well, like well how do we feel about it <laughs> i um i liked my, it my... as its own its own thing I sort of had to divorce myself from like the, you know, the comic books and stuff. But I, I enjoyed this movie more as like its own thing outside of the MCU than I would say as as part of the MCU. So I I didn't mind the third act all that much.
1: Yeah, I think Marvel movies kind of tend to lose me when like humans become kind of divorced from the plot, and that happens in the third act of this movie is it really just becomes about, like, let's shoot the most demons or, you know, soul eaters or whatever we're going to call them. And in, like, a clearly, like, mystical land in, in that looks like, you know, a- ancient Asia. I, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't... It's also the most, like, Ben Kingsley-heavy part of this movie, so I wasn't digging it.
0: Yeah, I, I thought it was, like, mostly okay. I, I liked the idea of... It's starting out with this fight between uh the ten rings and then the the people of of this magical village that they were living in and then them having to bond together to fight these demons I was kind of annoyed that it 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 did lead up to this these fight between these two giant dragons. I just feel like that was kind of um unnecessary but i I thought it was like sort of well executed in its own way right you know i it it was it was very um I think skillful in the way it was able to sort of like follow each of the characters throughout the course of this battle um, and and how they each played it, a role in, in resolving it so it,
2: it, it was well done and I think it mm. if you think about it it was different than any other Marvel
1: movie. yes, something new. It was definitely different but yeah it was also the same. whoa <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: okay well anything else about shang chi since there were two big things apparently i didn't bring up before <laughs> no all right go see it yeah. yeah i yeah so we we would all recommend this movie broadly right
1: yeah yeah
0: it's a f- good afternoon watch with friends yeah
1: yeah It's lo- low pressure i would say yes um, that definitely worth no that. mad titans or anything no and you don't right. have to watch 30 movies beforehand to no to get it except apparently
0: yeah. iron man fucking three and and <laughs> arguably the incredible hulk and dr strange yes. uh and you know, the iron man best one marvel movies and
2: the incredible hulk <laughs> it's like uh, you're really and, mean, and and i guess captain, captain
0: marvel, marvel. Uh, yeah <laughs> uh, they love their cameos anyway let's move on now to a smaller scale project um, still funded by a major media conglomerate. Uh, this is Hacks, uh, HBO Max series. It came out uh, like, a few months ago, um, but of course did just win Emmys for writing and directing at the Emmy Awards. And which acting. where he won Emmys. Yeah, and acting. Smart, yes, too. Jim Smart, of course, also won. Um, Hacks, uh, <laughs> created by Jen Statsky, um, as well as Paul W. Downs, who is also an actor on the show. He plays Ava's manager, Ava and Deborah's manager. Um, oh well. yeah i didn't know uh, that i didn't know it until i i was watching the emmys and i saw him. this get is up on this is why
2: and... i love your introductions Mike. i
0: <laughs> see see <laughs> i know what the fuck i'm doing here <laughs> um <laughs> uh also created by lucia anello um starring gene smart hannah hannah einbender carl clemens hopkins caitlin olsen christopher mcdonald paul w downs um Loads of other folks uh, who we can talk to as we get to them. Essentially, it's a pretty pretty simple story. Um, it follows these two uh, comedians of a different era. One is played by Dean Spart, Deborah Vance. She is sort of a Joan Rivers-type comedian who has this long-running Las Vegas residency. Um... And uh, her shows are going to be... Her, her dates are going to be cut at the resort she works at. Um, because they want more family friendly, friendly and younger human entertainment. And it also follows Ava Daniels, who is a comedy writer in Los Angeles... Who has just been fired from her writing job because of a series of controversial tweets. They share an agent, played by Paul W. Downs. Um, and he uh, suggests that they work together. That Ava works as a writer for Deborah to freshen up her act... Um, and the story is uh, the show is essentially about them sort of getting to know each other working together and you know their sort of love-hate relationship as the show progresses um, so Lewis and I had already like seen this Lars you had just finished watching this recently so yes. what, 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 are, what what do you think of it you live in Las Vegas so you yes
1: as, as the Las Vegas resident um, I so I kind of thought about this this show in kind of two halves it's like I really got into it in the like the first episode, it's rare that I like actually really get into a show in the first episode. It usually takes me a little while, but it's like the first episode just like landed with me and I loved it. It was so like it was full of like all these Las Vegas in jokes um, and like kind of like you know you drive around the city and they show you all these like shots of different places I'm like oh yeah yeah oh that's kind of like a, a deep cut joke about like the Win family. But that but like if you like know Vegas you would know so I like the first half of the series kind of feels to me kind of like um like I think of of veep as that for DC and I kind of think of the first half of hacks as that but for Las Vegas um and so that was like really fun and then obviously the last half becomes like a lot more like character based and a lot more personal and a lot uh more emotional and that that was you know fun too is that is they set it up nicely you get to know the place you get to know the people and then you can it's it's, that's how they should do a show they shouldn't make it so character driven initially they should introduce you to like the concept and the place Uh, so well done that's my initial read
2: well as someone who doesn't live in las vegas i have to say this show made absolutely no sense (laughs) i had no idea what anybody was talking about at any time See, because Lars lives in Las Vegas, he gets it. This is why he understands Twin Peaks season three
1: <laughs> from start to finish. Um, I, I know what's in that weird building. Yeah, uh, I, re- I really like the show. Um, I thought
2: it's like it's like a, just a classic sitcom. You know, it's like you got this one character played by Gene Smart, and then this other character by Hannah Imbinder, and then the you know conflict. And I thought you know it's very well done um, sitcom. You know, in a way, this could have been, you know, your hoary old uh, multi cam sitcom, but, you know, 21st century uh, TV show. Slick and modern. Um, really well done. That's sort of the 10,000 feet above looking down review of it for me.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think, you know, um, the performances are pretty great. Gene uh, Smart, very good. I, I, um, I know there are some people who don't like hannah einbender's performance i think she's fine i think she's L- great Lewis. i think
2: she well i mean i think it's a testament to her performance that i really don't care much for her character <laughs> at all through most yeah. of the show but I, I i guess that's by design that's sort of my big quibble with the show is that um like you said the the premise mike as you said is that ava's hired to help deborah write Mm. comedy but she's not very funny at all and at no point does she ever like actually like write a joke i think throughout the entirety of the season
1: yes she does yeah it's
0: like there's kind of this fine line you walk whenever you make a movie or tv show about a musician or or a fictional musician or fictional comedian which is you have to make sure that the songs and the jokes are good and like realistic um and i always get the feeling that like if the people writing music or jokes for their shows thought that the songs or the jokes were as good as they as they're supposed to be they would have just kept them for themselves um but i i thought she was like funny enough i don't know there it, it didn't it didn't feel too i was able to kind of like um suspend my disbelief in this when that part came about i guess
1: yeah, I, I, I thought Ava was a fine character. I mean, she's, you know, initially supposed to be, like, annoying and whiny, and she stays that way, but that's her, that is her, that's, like, the point of her character. And it, it's, like, a, fun, like, I don't know, like, I really enjoyed, I think it's episode, like, two or three, where it's, like, she's, like, actually tries to have a good time and just, like, ends up sitting at the slots next to, like, that old lady and, like, having a ball and drinking all these drinks it was fun to kind of see that transition from like you know privileged annoyed millennial to like ah let's just have a good time and like i thought i thought they handled her character well
0: she didn't play the horsey game that mike and i played but whatever (laughs) (laughs) yes there's that some las vegas casinos now there is a game where you bet on mechanical horse racing um Sponsor us, um, Las Vegas. Konami, Co- Konami. Yeah. It's a Konami game. Um, yeah. what, what did we think? You said you were like the beginning, Lars. What? What did? Did either of us? Any of us have a favorite episode? I'll fill in. The, I'll fill in. Well, the mean, I, there, so. <laughs>
2: there's there's an episode where Hannah meets that guy and they have an evening. There's the episode where Deborah sort of shuts down the dare I say Dane Cook comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, that episode, there's like the finale, uh, where all that stuff I, happens. There's the episode with the, what is the pepper shaker?
1: Yeah. 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 Prim. prim. <laughs> I actually think the first episode might be, might be my favorite. And I believe that's the one for which it was nominated for one of its Emmys. And both, both, both the writing. That's what won it, the writing and directing. Yeah. Emmys. I, I think that's my favorite episode because they, you know, they, they make it, like I said, they introduce the place and kind of, like, what's going on without really focusing on the characters. But I gotta say, like, the, I was, like, dying... I, like, I, I didn't, like, die laughing much during the show. But towards the end, like, the last episode, <laughs> when it's, like, Kayla, who's, like, the assistant... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Like, mm-hmm. I laughed so hard throughout the last episode. Because she's, like, sexually harassing her boss. And he's, like... I'm in a Me Too situation, and I'm the Me. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I thought I thought Jimmy, played by Paul W. Downs, yeah. the agent, was. I thought he was the funniest character in the whole series. Actually, yeah, he's um, great. Oh, like, he he's the creator, or he's the yeah, creator.
2: Yeah. Oh, did you
0: think I meant Carl Clemens Hopkins, the person who's um, Debra's manager? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he is also very good in this. I, he I is. really like him too. Yeah, and I, I liked how they teased out his, like, he starts off as a very peripheral character, but then yeah. they give him some more substance, some more things to deal with, and, um, which I thought was pretty well done. Because, you know, I feel like with a lot of these shows, like, sometimes they can kind of, uh, inflate characters that don't need to be inflated. Um, but I felt like they, he, he, they definitely, um, his larger role as the series progress definitely served a purpose and, and was pretty effective yeah I, 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 probably, I probably picked, yeah probably my two favorites are um, the the one where she, she meets the guy it's called falling um, the ending is like tragic but also hilarious like I thought it was very funny um, when you find out that he's jumped out of a hotel window because he's just like thinks he can't die basically um, and uh, yeah and and the one after that uh where where she spends the day at the spa with deborah um you know which it, it it is at once funny and then also um you know it it shows them it it, it creates this you know bonding experience for them uh so their uh their their hate to love relationship that progression feels uh more natural yeah
1: yeah i I like the scenes especially when she's like going through uh deborah's like archives in her basement and whatnot Mm -hmm. you know she has to like watch hours and hours of like unaired tv shows and you know stand-up specials and like she like slowly starts to realize that she used to be like really good and like the first of her kind and stuff like that and like she's like smiling it's just very you know it's very wholesome and nice
0: yeah it's, it's it's it is i think an interesting I think it's located, like, on an interesting place on sort of the emotional plane, in the sense that I feel like, um, and there's been some, like, reporting on this, where it's, like, it seems like there are lots of, um, like, studios are looking for, like, the next Ted Lasso, right? They're looking for the next, like, feel, truly, like, feel-good comedy. Um, and I feel like you could argue that Hacks is, like, kind of feel-good comedy, but it's also about, kind of, like, people with, like, who are also, like, like I would not want to really like, hang out with any of these people, right?
2: I, it's like a very there's a very bitter core to yeah, the show. They're, like, they're,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I, but, I don't think this quite hits the same tone as Ted Lasso. No, no, there an episode I,
2: of Ted Lasso where he tries to hit somebody with his car?
1: You're
0: you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. His I'm not Lauren saying Lewis. Um, I I I didn't mean that it is like Ted Lasso. I meant what makes it good is that like it. It's not like Tit Lasso, but it doesn't drag you down to the emotional depths that, say, like, Louie does, right? You know? It locates kind of a sweet spot where it's able to be about sort of like these bitter, miserable people, but the show doesn't leave you feeling bitter or miserable.
1: Yeah. Yes. Not most of the time. Yes. There are some episodes that definitely end kind of brutally.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of endings, how do we feel about the ending of the first season? It. Uh, I, cause I know some people were very critical of it.
1: I like completely for, so like the, it, it ends with, cause she has sent this email of like gossip about Deborah to these producers. is like the ending and I like completely forgot that she did that. And then the ending shot is like, she gets a call while she's on a plane with Deborah to go on their like national tour. And it's like, why on earth did you do this? Um, and she's just like, I have to call you back. Cause we're about to like take off and that's how it ends. Mm. I, like, completely forgot that that had happened, so I was just like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I was kind of annoyed. I don't actually like the whole, like, drawing out this, like, are they going to be close or are they not? It's like, we kind of resolved that they are simpatico. Now let's roll with that.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, it's, it's annoying because it's like they do that essentially the same thing with the whole voicemail earlier in the season that really gets taken care of like 10 minutes into the next episode so it'll probably just be something like that in season two and then it'll be like well what was the point then <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah just wanted a big shocking ending for your season finale yeah
0: i agree um yeah i also it, it seemed like well-trod territory already but hopefully they do do what uh was just described or maybe they'll pull a ted lasso and resolve it in
1: like 30 seconds might actually be a good move, like for the characters in this show. It would show
0: progress. Well, yeah, able, that's like, what I—that's what I was yeah, saying. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's it. And any other parting parting thoughts about the show? Sounds like we would all recommend it. Yes. Yes.
2: yes unless definitely. you live and breathe Los Angeles, you probably would not <laughs> like this show because I feel it paints a very cynical portrayal of people who live in L.A. It, yeah, definitely
1: it definitely blows. does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or if and you, you know what, fair. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. If you don't understand what water cops are, <laughs> this is the show for you.
0: And you I might just feel really... like you might really misunderstand what they are if you watch this, though. But <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, well, yeah. In, <laughs> in the West, we have these droughts. You see,
0: <laughs> the, the the shot though to the sprinklers after that moment is very funny. Yes, it is. <laughs> so that's hacks and that's the show. Um my name's Mike Levito. Uh you can subscribe to this podcast everywhere podcasts are found. You can find it on the dot com or you can also find our written work and our other podcasts such as Politics Express. And, and watching mates And Watching Mates which which just concluded. We just concluded our 14 episode run
1: yeah it, w- it was a, it was a good run if if you like uh talking about movies and like talking about you know
0: presidents in history check it out people yeah it's a good time um anyway like i said my name is michael levito and you can find me on twitter at emlevito and letterboxed at amerimike i'm lars emerson and you can find me on Letterboxed at
1: lars emerson
2: and i'm lewis ryan i'm on twitter
0: at
1: the Lewis Ryan.
0: Thanks. And that's our show.
1: You can also find the post writer on Twitter at the post and reach out to us at contact at the We like to hear
0: from you. Email Thank us, you. please. Thank you, Lars. I was in the midst of trying not to burp. So nice. <laughs> um. I figured that'd make uh, better audio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks so much for listening and we will catch you next time on the pony express. I'll catch you next time on the pony express. <laughs>